Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave. Hope you're having a wonderful post-4th of July week. Uh, I guess this will be the second week after when this comes out. Uh, the San Diego Comic-Con week, we'll say, uh, since this will come out the first day preview night of San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, if you're going, I hope you have a wonderful time. Stay safe, have fun, all that good stuff. If you're not, uh, don't complain on Twitter. Or complain, I don't care, do whatever you want. It's your it's your life. But try not to look at the negative. One day you'll be there. I'm an example of that. It happens. Um, joining me tonight to preview a little bit of San Diego Comic-Con and just talk about random geeky stuff, it's Jenny. Hello. So, yeah, uh, it's just the two of us hanging out, playing Nintendo. Not really, but that's a line I like to use from, uh, I think that's from Basketball. Uh, a great, a great movie. Uh, but in a couple days, we will both be traveling to sunny San Diego. Yay! <laughs> and I don't know how much of it I'll be able to do with you, but there's lots of stuff planned for this week. Um, there's a, a, lit, a litany of a group text. Have we, uh, have we bombarded you with how much you can do? Mm-hmm. It's, I'm it's sure a smorgasbord. I'm sure there's even more stuff that we haven't even talked about in that, or that hasn't been discussed in that text group. Oh gosh, I know. I it's 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 awesome though to have a crew. Usually I go down solo or just with Patrick, so it's it's nice to have a crew this year. You know. It it reminded me a little of there's a there's a show called The Guild with Felicia Day, an internet show she made a while back. And in one of them, they go to a convention, but it's like a, it's a Comic-Con, but it's mostly for their video game. And one of the guys starts a business pretty much called Seat, seat Holding, um, and kind of reminded me of that. So you had like the squadron of people holding seats in panels for people, and you just kind of replace the seat holder for you. I'm going to say that that's a dick move. <laughs> well, yes, it and, very much And is. I don't think it would actually work because in order for you to still get in. Right, there has to be a well, seat Well, I open. guess if you went in mid-panel because you can get tickets to go out to use the bathroom and such, mm -hmm. you could swap the tickets and then somebody go in. So I guess it would work in that sense. But... Well, let's, let's start the show off by relaying some Comic-Con experiences. I only have the one. Um, I hope to make some good new memories last year. I... Mine is tied to another thing, an experience. It was a uh, two-week road trip. I, I went kind of all by myself. Uh, it's kind of sad because I'd be leaving tomorrow morning if this was last year. <laughs> and I I enjoyed every second of that road trip. I had so much fun. Granted, I didn't get to hang out with Jenny much, but I did find her at a hotel bar, and we hung out for a little while. She was um, she had some adult beverages before I got there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. And our, and our friend Annie. Uh, we had Annie on the show once at least, right? The Buffy show, or not the Buffy show, the uh, the women's roundtable. No, we haven't. We haven't had Annie on, or we haven't had Zach. So I think he met up with Annie and Zach. Oh, okay, um, I was thinking. I'm sorry. I was do thinking. a little. I'll do a little plug though. So Annie can be found on Instagram at uh, Hessian Hellcat, and she has an awesome um, Instagram. Let's spell that. Just based H on like um, H -E on horror based three stuff. Yeah, let's spell that for people. H-E-S-S-I-A-N Hellcat. You got it. And then the other <clears throat> one was our buddy Zach who you should totally su subscribe to his stuff. It's Zach Plotation. Oh, and that's, that's on where I got Instagram, the... Facebook and all that. That's where you got me the Stanley Dracula picture, right? 
It's Draculee. Draculee, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, no, his stuff, he has a really cool comic strip he does, um, and he posts on his social media where it's Zach and Zach. And oh, yeah, I have his seen those. Old self talking to his younger self, mm-hmm. and his younger self being totally into like the Star Wars toys and Transformers, and his older self, who's still into it, but works a job and is a little more jaded. It's hilarious especially i think it really hits home if you are like 70s 80s and early 90s like you you get it because it's a lot of references to you know like he-man toys and it's pretty fun just being a kid thinking i'm never gonna grow up (laughs) exactly but it's it's cute because you can tell like the way he writes it that the kid was so influential of him being an adult adult is just like yeah, you're not going to like that later. <laughs> you know? so, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. But, um, but yeah, we, we met up at a bar super late at night after a day of Comic-Con. And I'm starting to feel like I'm getting a bad repu- reputation. But <laughs> I go down to Con- Comic-Con and it is, it's my one vacation a year that mm. I do. And it's a reunion every year. It's amazing how many people you reconnect with. And a lot of times you only connect with them at Comic-Con. And lots of dinners, lots of drinks at the dinners, <laughs> lots of parties. And, I mean, in every meetup, it's like, where are you at? No, where are you at? If you're not on the floor and meeting somebody on the floor, I'm just going to say it's next to impossible. Oh. There are so many people on the floor, unless you know the precise booth at the precise time. Yeah. But everybody meets at the bars. So yeah, I, I I found Dave last year very liquored up. Yeah, I took a. I didn't know where I was going, so I I got a cab. I didn't get like an Uber or anything, and it was <laughs> like literally three three blocks past the convention center on the other side where my hotel was on the other side. I was like, oh, all right, I just wasted some money <laughs> on this taxi ride because uh, it was like literally just a little bit further from the convention. I was walking into every single day. Um, where. Oh, it's- Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I got to see where the Hall H line starts and where everybody sleeps (laughs) overnight. Uh, So that was cool, because I wasn't going to go anywhere near Hall H this year, that year. Um, I didn't want that to be my experience, you know, because you're just going to stay on there forever. Yeah, you have to kind of, you have to plan it out. Like, if there is something in Hall H that you, it's your point of going, Mm -hmm. do it. I mean... I've I've sat through Hall H and Ballroom Twenty is the other one. Hall H is usually like the big movies and the big like um, you know like the Game of Thrones. Kevin that sort Smith of thing. TV shows, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ballroom Twenty is more the television, so it's well, yeah. Um, I got I got to do Ballroom Twenty twice last year, so I did it on a whim on Friday night. Uh, I just decided to go up there because there was nothing else going on, I guess, or maybe it was Thursday night. It might have been Thursday. I think it was my first day there, so it must have been Thursday. So I just went up there because I saw, oh, uh, what was it? Daredevil, I believe. The new season of Daredevil. No, no, uh, Luke, Luke Cage. There was the new oh, season. Cool. Of, the, before the second season of Luke Cage came out, they were having a panel. And they hadn't announced yet who um, one of the characters was playing. And everyone was wondering what it was going to be. And I thought, yeah, let's get some footage that we haven't seen yet. See what everybody's saying. I've never met these people. Oh, actually, that's not true. I met the guy that plays Luke, uh, Iron, Iron Fist. That's what I saw. Iron Fist, not Luke Cage. Uh, Iron Fist, uh, the guy that plays Iron Fist. Marvel together here, right? I, I said every single one of them, but Jessica Jones. <laughs> uh, no, but I met the guy that plays uh, Iron Fist when he was just on Game of Thrones at C2E2 our first year. He was a very nice man. That was before he got cast as Iron Fist. 
Um, but I never met any of the other people, so I thought it'd be cool to sit in that panel. And I've sat in panels before at Wizard World, C2E2, Walker Stalker, Heroes and Villains and stuff, and they're all pretty much the same. They're all enjoyable. You, all, you learn some things, but you're always going to get that one person that stands up and asks the stupidest question. Um, you know, like, who's better, you or, or is Aquaman or Namor? They asked Jason Momoa that. Like, dude, what do you think he's going to say? He's getting paid by Aquaman, so come on now. Um, oh, man, dude. I used to, I got into Comic-Con around when True Blood started up and there was always that question of, so do you think Sookie and Bill will have a baby? (laughs) Right, right. It's just like you want to jump up and just strangle them. You're like, like we had seen so many like True Blood things like between the Paley Fest and all that Mm -hmm. during that 2008 to 2012, like, stint but it ha- that same question happened every time and i'm like bitches it's not twilight right <laughs> like, yeah exactly uh my favorite panels are from like some of the more obscure ones like uh not obscure but lesser uh, like bruce campbell was a good panel uh, i think that's kind of obvious uh he was a good time at the panel um uh john barrowman i don't know if you know who he is he was a bad guy on arrow originally and then he's kind of been on all of those cw shows but he was also on torchwood and doctor who uh for a while he's a very good actor um and he's he's a gay man openly gay man and he's very flamboyant so sometimes he'll do a panel in a, in a dress um he the last panel i saw him and he brought a kid up and he did a stunt with the kid where the kid made him do a flip like like backflipped him or something like that it was it was amazing just a great That's so cool yeah great panel we were in, um oh my god what uh Big Bang Theory. Like, so if you haven't been to Comic-Con, kind of the trick is, is if there is a panel you want to see, like it's, it's your number one thing you want to accomplish at Comic-Con. And let's say the panel's at three o'clock, you still should probably try to get into the ballroom or Hall H around a, 10 in the morning. I have a great story about that. Um, So like we, uh, one year, I, it was probably a true blood panel. We were in ballroom 20 and we just kept, so when people leave, then you move up and you move up. Right. So you just try to get, by the time you get to your later panels, you get a good seat. But make sure you don't go in the VIP area or you're never going to get a good seat trying to get you're back. Never gonna get in, <laughs> and you have to play the seats. It's always good if you have a co-pilot that they yeah. can hold your original seat right. while you scout new seats. Exactly. But we were, um, it's one of those like magical little things. We were, um. We're there, and a couple panels before the True Blood panel uh, was the Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. and the band that does the song, the oh yeah, the credit songs came out and did the song. Oh cool! And it was it like the entire ballroom started singing, and it was such. It's why being a fan is so good. You get those little moments, and I was in the um, Game of Thrones panel where our buddy Jason Aquaman came out and. <laughs> was just like, oh, and he wasn't even on the panel. He was just, he had already died on the show and yada, yada. But it was fun. I mean, those little <laughs> things are great. And the panels are really fun. But you have to commit your day to it. Mm-hmm. There's there's no way around it. Even even in the smaller panels. Like, I've done a few of the, um, the image comic panels. Yeah. And they fill up fast because people are in there, especially this year. I don't know. I haven't actually looked at the schedule, but... I'm curious if Kirkman's going to be in a panel to discuss The Walking Dead now oh, that The I'm, Walking Dead's done. I'm sure because they have the spinoff show now, and I, I gotta imagine he's going to be doing something there. I hope. I mean, um, 
Yeah, like last year. An interesting comic book panel, though. Yeah, last year I did mostly walking around most of my days. One day when I was supposed to meet Patrick at the Wired Cafe, and he, his plans kind of changed based on traffic and stuff. Uh, that got me to kind of walk around, um, and I got to do the Ready Player One um, thing while I was out there. I got to hang out at Petco for a little bit, so it forced me to kind of spread out a little bit on my own uh, and get free drinks at the Wired Cafe. Um, but... I can't believe they're not doing it this year. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. I am not. You... Doing, I'm not doing the karaoke bus. So, Why well, I will if I don't have to sing. <laughs> so, but yeah, okay, so. I'm going to I'm going to jump on my soapbox here. If anybody from Wired is listening. Oh, hi. If you are, <laughs> I need a job. <laughs> the thing that made the Wired Cafe such a great Comic-Con experience for like especially for me. What I was just saying, it's it's like a reunion. Mm-hmm. And the Wired, he had to have an invite and once you get in, you're kind of in, which was awesome because Every year I would be able to repeat and it would be the same people repeating, but then a few extras, you know, and, and every year you'd meet somebody new and I'm at other cons now and people that I've met at the Wired Cafe will come up to me and they're like, Jenny, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the bag lady or, oh my gosh, you do those awesome photos and they're amazing people that like you meet and you learn like we met a lady that made an entire dress out of the swag bags. So we always just call her the bag lady. Mm -hmm. And you know, we met this guy that just takes photos around San Diego and his photos are amazing. You know, I've seen, uh, I I didn't meet him. You guys took video of him, the cosplay repair, like the cosplay doctors or whatever they were. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but they all basically the longer you're with Comic-Con and stuff, the more, opportunity you might have to get an invite for the wired but you'd go there you could detox a little bit from just the mayhem that's happening in the gas lamp but it's a reunion like you go in there you get a drink you know because they had an open bar and they used to have like different vendors where they'd have like a tequila person or a beer so you'd always get to try alcohol that you hadn't tried before you get to listen to their little spiel and learn about how the company came to be um, but you would get to sit there in a quiet environment. Well, they had like a dance, a DJ and a dance place on one side, but you could still talk to people and you would learn about them. And, and then they would tell you tricks about like, well, tomorrow there's a panel here or, oh my gosh. So tomorrow I'm going to do this cosplay, but I don't know how to do this. And then somebody else would tap in and go, oh my gosh, I have the fix. If you go to Home Depot and you get, you know, and it was the best, like, just chill networking environment. And then this year they're not doing it. They're trying out the karaoke bus, which isn't an invite from what I can tell, but basically you follow an account on social media and they tell you where the bus is. You get on the bus, you do karaoke, you have fun, then you get off the bus. And I think it kind of, I mean, I could be wrong. I hope it is a super success because Wired Magazine if you're not subscribed to it, do it because it's a great, great magazine. But I, I don't think you'll have that same opportunity where you would sit down with the person you knew from last year, have a drink and talk about what new projects you're working on. You know, so I'm a little bummed out. I mean, one, not having free alcohol, but that's such a minor little thing. It's I'm not I have a fear I won't run into those same people again. So, 
yeah. I don't know. It sounds okay. like it's something. Stepping off my soapbox. <laughs> it sounds like something that's going to be kind of moving quickly. Like you're going to be on and off pretty quick. They're going to want to filter people in and out, give other people a chance since it's not an invite thing or anything like that. So. And you got to respect Wired for trying new things. A few years ago, they decided to only do the Wired Cafe on one day. Mm. And it was a catastrophe because everybody who still wanted to go was trying to cram in there. And I think I waited in line for two and a half hours to get in. And it still paid off because I, I saw a lot of people that I knew from the year before. And But it wasn't even like you go in there to drink at that point. You just go in there to reconnect with people because you're not going to get a drink in that line, especially for the short amount of time it's open. So I hope they get back to I hope they get back to like the 2010 2011 wired cafe where they'd have i mean they used to have like the true blood bar or um a game of thrones bar and then they'd have all these really really cool science-based companies that would make stuff like i do laser etching let me etch something on the back of your iphone or they'd be like we're going to send a, a rocket to the moon and it's going to do this and they would show you how it would work and but then like 3D printers, I remember like the first actual 3D printer I saw working was at a Wired Cafe and they made me a Snuffleupagus, which was awesome. Um, but I, I hope they get back to that because it is very much such a community experience. So, but um, what can you do? we're going to do karaoke this year. So. Uh, so yeah, back to the panels. So I did the Iron Fist one and there was really no line. I kind of walked, I walked through the line that would have been there and you just kind of got in because I was there in between panels. So I kind of lucked out. And I think it was like, the I think it was the Thursday. So it might have been like the first big night. Um, and maybe not anybody wanted to go up there because they all wanted to be in Hall H. Maybe it was Friday and everybody was in Hall H because that's the big night, Friday and Saturday uh, for Hall H. You know, Marvel, Star Wars, DC, all that stuff is usually in there. Uh, this year, Marvel makes its return to Hall H, by the way. So there will be a lot going on there. I'm sure announcements for new movies and castings and all that crap. Um, but so then on Saturday, I knew the CW shows were all going to be there and I knew friends that were going to be in there covering it as press. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just go up there and hang out. And I made the decision to wait <laughs> to go up there. Like, ah, I'll, I'll wait a little while. Then I said, no, I'll go up early. I don't know how early I went, but I know I was in line for almost three hours. Um, and it was a long, boring wait. And one of the security people who are just volunteers, line people, uh, comes in and says, uh, you guys were right at the front of the line. And it was like a family guy Simpsons panel before us, uh, before the gifted, uh, that Fox show, which is fantastic. Um, they're like, if you're not in there now, you're probably not going to get in there. And we're right at the front of the line. There's like two rows and then the door, you know? And he's like, you're probably not going to get in if you're not in now. I'm like, that's not true. People from family guy aren't going to want to stay. Like if they're actually there for family guy, they're going to leave. They're not going to stay for this stuff. Um, granted there's lots of people that are probably in there that have been there all day waiting for the CW stuff, but seats will open up. Then we walk in and got in fine. There's like 30 rows of seats that are empty in the back that haven't filled up yet. And we're like, what? A, that guy was just a dick. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, they got to kind of prepare. Like, I mean, they'll do, especially like hall H people will, will sit out all day and they will stay in that panel. And mm -hmm. sometimes when the pre panel leaves, maybe three people leave. You know, sure. and you can't even let in one group of people if only three people leave. So at least they're fair so you can make the decision. Um, yeah. I had that interesting thing, too, with like the so 
I guess the best thing if you've never been in your in your wanting to go is you can't go and be upset that you're crammed, you're no, waiting, right. and, and you're hot. There's lots of people. You have to go in a, with a positive <clears throat> attitude because you're going to wait in lines. And those lines may be four or five hours long. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a lot of things. But if you go into it with a good attitude, it's amazing how much fun the lines can be. Um, back in the true blood days, we waited in the ballroom 20 line for probably four hours and we met other true blood fans. And then we, you know, one would run out and get us food and bring us back. Um, but the best story, and I, I probably shared this on another, another podcast, but the last year they did the game of Thrones experience. I'm like, I was by myself and I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I got in line super early and the line was already around the block and they came, gave everybody wristbands, but they're like, you're probably not going to get in until about seven o'clock at night. So 9 a.m. in the morning to 7 p.m. And I'm like, and a lot of people just jumped the line at that part. They're like, screw this. Yeah. But I was in line with, I was by myself and I started talking to the girl, two girls behind me and there was an older couple in front of me and we just, we, it's such a cool, San Diego Comic-Con is so good because there's so many fandoms and they so overlap you know it's like even if you're not a doctor who fan i'm pretty sure a doctor who fan is also a fan of game of thrones or if you're not a game of thrones fan you might find somebody that likes this and we had the greatest time and then we decided that we'd have sort of like people that would just hold the line so they'd stay in line where me and the two girls we'd go out and we'd do another off-site experience come back with food We'd sit down and eat the food, and then the other couple would go out and do an off-site experience. And we did that all day. We got so much accomplished and still got into the line. So you have to kind of, you have to learn the system, but you also have to just enjoy it and just know everyone's your friend. You know, just be friends with everyone. Thank thank the Lord for Venmo for splitting bills. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, another really good Comic-Con trick, though, is carry cash. <laughs> because it, it it sounds crazy. I mean, and people take, you know, they'll take cards. But when you're on the floor, the Wi-Fi gets so burdened that if you're buying something from a vendor's booth, if you're buying something from, like, DC or, like, a big thing, use your card. It's totally fine. But if you're at, like, an artist booth... They're using like a square. They're not going to have fast um, internet on their phone. It's going to take a while. You're going to hold up their line. Plus, they just work better with cash. But that also translates out to the gas lamp because let's say you go out for for lunch and you go to one of the restaurants. Like you go to Bub's or you go to the Hard Rock or what have you, you know, the Broken Yoke. You go out there, you're having food. Definitely don't try to split the bill amongst five cards because they, they're just trying to get you in and out because there are so many people that they need to get the next people seated and you're going to be waiting in line until those next people are seated anyways. It's so much easier just to throw down your money with your tip and walk out than have to wait for the the, the waitress and stuff to run your card. Sure. So just some advice. It, it makes everybody's lives easier as well as, long as, as well as yourself. So cash is good. Cash is king, as they say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you most excited about, Dave? I don't even know. I, I honestly haven't really programmed my brain to start thinking about it yet. 
Um, <laughs> I uh, I really haven't. Like I, I'm in that kind of mode of it's not real till I'm on the plane. Um, and then I'll have Tuesday night to kind of look at stuff too. But I'll be I gotta cover some stuff for Entertainment Earth, so I gotta do. I don't really know. Usually it's end of day wrap up stuff, not really sitting in panels. Sometimes it's a panel or two. Like I might have to go to the. Or I'll probably have to go to the WWE Mattel. I think it's Mattel or Hasbro. Probably Mattel. Uh, panel again. I did that last year. I'll probably do it again this year. Because I think WWE is doing a lot of stuff there with uh, kind of their main stars. So, okay. um, so I'm going to do the, that. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, what is it? The boys. Anything with the boys. I'm kind of inter- I'm pretty interested in seeing. Um whether it's you know the stuff after the after the event or you know at night or maybe there um, yeah because they're doing the party and a panel and i think they've got some other stuff amazon's going all out this year well last year they, had, a, the, they had that big jack, yeah they had that big jack ryan experience last year with like a helicopter yeah. and stuff and that ended up being a pretty good show so yeah i know fx is taking over the hilton again as well the Sort of there, over there by the Hall H line. Uh-huh. And uh, from what I've seen there, they're going crazy. Plus, um, one of the installers I work with has been working on on putting the big graphic up on on the side of the hotel. Oh, sure. And there's there's been posts on Instagram. They're doing Snowpiercer this year for the big the big graphic, the oh, big okay. skylight-like graphic. Which, by the way, did you, you probably saw my post, but... Somebody posted up their marketing campaign for Snowpiercer is they're handing out protein bars. <laughs> I was like, well, it beats the alternative. <laughs> like, right, oh, right. God, that's horrible. It's so great. Somebody else actually has tried one before, and they're like, they're actually really good. If you can find them, grab them. And I'm like, all right, I'm on the search for Snowpiercer protein bars. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I've had two people ask me to get stuff for them this year, which is a burden and, you know, something I, because I'd want to try to do it, you know. I know one of them will be easy. Kyle asked me to get him something, and then my editor wants me to grab him something, which will be easy as well, because he's also going to hook me up with some stuff, too. So that won't be a problem. But uh, speaking of, I think one of them is a Star Wars thing. That's what Kyle wants, the the new Rise of the Jedi Stormtrooper thing. Oh, that looks awesome. The red one? Yeah, yeah, so everyone got kind of a look at what that's going to be, is Sith Trooper, I think they're calling it, um, and really it's it's going to be on sale everywhere, but the San Diego exclusive's got, like, super cool packaging, <laughs> so that's, he wants it for the packaging, it's just a red box, I don't know, <laughs> uh, so I'll be grabbing that for, for him, and I already forgot what my editor wants, but I'm sure he'll remind me a dozen times, and I'm going to get uh, uh, Jaws with Quint in his mouth for it, <laughs> so... That's rad. That that's one of those. <clears throat> I can't remember who did it, but there's a there's a San Diego exclusive that I saw online the other day that I'm like, oh, if I can find that, I'm so buying it. It's the dumpster fire. Um, oh, have you seen the, I saw that on Nerdist. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is. I'm so getting that and putting it on my desk at work. Like I'm <laughs> just like I, I want it so bad. I guess that's like my advice too. Like this will be my ninth Comic Con. And I think that's the biggest advice is it's fun to do the scavenger hunt. Like if somebody goes like a coworker of mine was like, can you find me the zebra strike Batman Lego mm-hmm. figurine? And I was like, I will try. And that's <laughs> all you can. 
I, I advise everybody to just say you will try mm -hmm. because it sounds easy. Like you just have to take a moment out of your day and you go buy it. But like one year I told a friend that I would try to find their kid this exclusive brat doll. Oh, and sure. you had to like line up the night before, get a ticket and then line up the next day. And it would have took out a good eight hours of my Comic-Con experience. And I feel bad that I wasn't able to get it for her. Yeah. But also you, it's going to say, this is going to sound brutal, but you can't put other people's happiness in front of yours. Sure. But it does make it fun to have the scavenger hunt. Like I tried so hard that one year to find you that star Wars figure <laughs> when we first met. Yeah. It was such a chore. Cause I, I jumped into it way too late because it was one of my earlier cons and I didn't really understand what it took to buy an exclusive. Right. But, um, and uh, being it, a Funko one, like it's, you have to be in the lottery. You have to get, uh, it's so, it's so difficult to get in, yeah. but it didn't stop me. <laughs> And stopping at every Funko thing and looking at all their stuff. I I bought a couple things. Like, the scavenger hunt is a blast. It's so much fun. Um, so definitely try, but don't beat yourself up if you can't accomplish it. Yeah, last year I think I found everything I needed to find, and then I found more things that I wanted. And thankfully it was a road trip, so I didn't have to mail anything back to me. I could just throw it all in my trunk. But like I spent way more than I should have last year, but... Uh, you know, I've got these cool NECA Ninja Turtles, you know, and these, these just really cool and obscure little statues of Superman flying with Batman. He's kind of holding him and Batman's all angry about it. And, uh, uh, Star-Lord one that glows in the dark, just some random cool stuff, Voyager statue. And I got one for my cousin for Christmas. So just stuff I could knock off my, my shopping list early, knowing I'm not going to probably order these online and I can buy it right here. I don't have to pay for shipping, all these things. And the, the guy that modeled it signed up signed the boxes and stuff so it's even a little cooler and all all reminds me of this one experience so it was it was cool and then just walking around I got to see where everything was I'm like okay this is the Hasbro booth here's this big Jurassic World Lego thing uh, the WWE Mattel thing where you could stand next to a life life size thing of Andre the Giant and see how tall you are how big your hand is compared to his all these kind of cool stuff so that's so rad <clears throat> um. I was listening to, so one of my partners in crime at my comic book book club does a podcast called Panelism, and they did a really good cover of, like, here's what you should prepare yourself for for Comic-Con. And it was a lot of, like, have baby wipes and do the, you know, like, having the cash thing. But on their podcast, they had the greatest, like, idea that I've heard in a while, and I'm like, Dude, I wish I would have started that when I first started Comic-Con because it would be amazing. They were talking about getting a sketchbook and whatever your favorite thing is. Like if your favorite thing is Batman, just every time you go to a con, have, you know, have, pay and have an artist draw your character, you know, like be respectful of the artist. But I was listening to that and I'm like, that's genius. So after years, you'd have this sketchbook that has multiple artists drawings of the exact same character. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what you like experience at Comic-Con. There are people that they have these great ideas and they go all out. And then you also have the family that has never been in their life and they're just doing the outside Comic-Con stuff. Like they do a lot of really cool stuff at the Petco field parking lot. It's kind of underneath the, um, the walking bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, 
might have been last year or the year before they did the Ash versus Evil Dead. I think this year they're doing Ripley's Believe It or Not. Last year in um, Petco, they did like a video game thing with some of the WWE stars. They did they played video games. I think it was inside Petco though. That's rad. Yeah, there's so much outside. I mean, some of it you do need a badge for, but unless it's changed, most of it you don't. And it's lines, and people are going to be all up in your personal space, and you're going to be sweaty and hot. <laughs> but when, but when, when do you go to, like, Great America or something, Six Flags for everybody else, but or Disneyland, and there's not a line? I mean, come on, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. So just enjoy it. Make friends with the people you're standing in line with and just get excited. So cool. I'm I am I have two days of work left to get through and uh, this is where I've already told the office I'm shutting down. You won't be able to find me. <laughs> and I am I'm just gonna have fun. I'm gonna try to meet even more people than I met last year and this, I'm I'm freaking excited. As far as work goes, this is where living out of town pays off. I only have one day of work this week. <laughs> I, ah. I fly out <laughs> Tuesday afternoon, but I also leave. I pretty much my flight from out of San Diego leaves at during the con on Sunday. So um, yeah. So like basically, I got to take all my stuff to the convention, put it in the Entertainment Earth booth, and then walk around, and then about two o'clock head over to the to the airport, which thankfully is not that far. Yeah, yeah, just just keep an eye on the lines because if you take one of the trolleys over there or the, the buses, you might be in line for a while depending on what time you leave. So Yeah, I've downloaded the Uber and Lyft app and whatever's cheapest, I'll probably use one of those too. Nice. But, and just take a pedicab outside of the gas lamp and pick up a car there. you would probably give you a little cheaper. There we go. All right, so let's move off to San Diego Comic-Con because we'll cover a lot of that next week, I'm sure. Uh, when all the stuff breaks and all the news and everything like that. So uh, real fast, we won't spend too much time on this. We'll do some headlines real quick, um, kind of react on it. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin over the past week dropped some facts about the Game of Thrones prequel series for HBO. Uh, did you see any of that? I didn't see any of that. All right. So, Bring me up to speed, Dave. All right, so this is a quote from him. Uh, we talk about the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros. There were seven kingdoms at the time of Asian Aegon, Aegon's? A-E-G-O-N, Aegon's Conquest. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong, Game of Throners. Uh, but if you go back further than there, there are nine kingdoms and 12 kingdoms. And eventually you get back to where there are 100 kingdoms, petty kingdoms, and that's the era we're talking about here. Um, Martin confirmed the House of Starks will be part of the story once again, and so will Direwolves. Um, Lannisters probably won't be there because they predate the rise of that. This show will predate the rise of that particular family. Um, Naomi Watts, Naomi Aki, and Dennis Go seem, uh, Denise Go, sorry, uh, are the trio female leads, but Martin says he hesitates to use the word lead. Um, they never nominate anybody for a lead actor or actress until recently. So that's pretty much it. I thought I saw something where he said how many years back it's going to go. Um, but it's, it's way, way back. So don't even... Think about seeing any of your favorite Game of Thrones characters, but you might see their great, 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 great grandparents. So there you go. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious how they'll do it though, because it's going to be hard to bring the hype up from from the Game of Thrones series and the books for that that matter. But and there's a lot of a lot of people still hurt about how the series ended, but I like it. 
Yeah, I was fine with it. Um, so they're doing a new Mortal Kombat reboot movie, and it's going to be rated R, and they've cast um, an actor I've never heard of. He's a martial artist as well to play Sub-Zero, the blue ninja guy, if you don't know who that is. Uh, Joe Taslam will play him, so that's that's pretty cool if you're a Mortal Kombat fan. Uh, speaking of Comic-Con, it's staying in San Diego through 2024, so they've struck a new deal with Comic-Con International in San Diego. I, I don't imagine it ever leaving, but you never know. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell may return to Evil Dead eventually. Uh, Bruce Campbell t- would have to unretire his character. <laughs> yeah, but if he's doing it with Sam Raimi for a movie thing, I think it's worth it. Sure, sure. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, otherwise known as L, otherwise known as Joan, otherwise known as Eleven from Stranger Things, uh, might be cast for the Marvel's The Eternals movie, which is one that they're going to uh, probably announced at Comic-Con, one of the big new movies uh, series. So that'd be cool to see her in the Marvel Universe. Did you see her? She posted up a thing. She's like, I don't know anything about a Marvel movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, of course, take all of these headlines as rumors until, you know, any kind of confirmation comes out. Everybody just throws any name out there because they're having a big moment right now. Um, although this is confirmed, Suicide Squad, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, has added Storm Reed, who was uh, the main character, little girl in A Wrinkle of Time recently, to play Idris Elba's daughter. And I don't think they've announced who Idris Elba's playing, but that sounds a lot like Will Smith's character, who had a daughter as well. But um, they said they're not doing that. He's going to be a different character. so Because hmm. it's a soft reboot. It's not a real reboot. Whatever, whatever that means. Because <laughs> yeah, so, returning people are Jai Courtney, Viola Davis, Joel Kinnaman, and possibly Margot Robbie. And then David Dostmalkian from Ant-Man and the Wasp and a million other things um, is going to play Polka Dot Man, which is, look him up if you don't know who that, that villain is. Um, it'll make you laugh and wonder why. His name's Polka Dot Man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if I'm not mistaken, he's a Batman villain, so I'm not sure. I'm getting some kind of sound effect. I think that's probably on my end. A little little hot, I think. Um, let's see. What else can we talk about briefly? Oh, uh, I don't know how excited you are for this, but I recently rewatched, because of Stranger Things, hang on, I recently rewatched Terminator and Terminator 2, and it was the basis for a Twitter thing I put out recently, um, which, and I'll ask you this question, maybe you can answer for me. We had some Twitter answers. Uh, what sequel to a movie do you think is your favorite that's better than the original? Ooh, that's a hard question. So I'll answer, so you have an idea what I'm looking for here. T2, Judgment Day, I saw before the Terminator, so I don't know if it's fair, but it's easily my favorite sequel that's better than the original. I can give you that. That's a good one. Um, I'd maybe say Aliens. That's a good one. Like I, I like the second one. I love the first one, but yeah, the uh, the second one had just a lot more to it. I think. But yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one because sometimes sequels fall flat, but then sometimes they're just like, yeah. Uh, so here's some of the Twitter responses, and this is a good reason to follow us on Twitter because I'm gonna start trying to do this more often, get our social media much more active. So hit us up at Atomic Geekdom. I'll post questions every so often, and we'll read your answers on our podcasts. So Nicole Walker said it's a split between Spider-Man and X-Man 2, both of them. Um, Spider-Man 2 and X-Man 2. That's the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. 
Yeah. Yeah. Eric Rivera just posted a gif of Al Pacino saying my offer is this, nothing. So that's Godfather 2. Um, and Monroe of the Ringside Geeks podcast did a whole list here. Uh, she said, uh, she echoed Spider-Man 2 and X2. Wrath of Khan. Adam's Family Values made me laugh. Um, and she asked, does Winter Soldier count? And I would say yes. That's the Captain America sequel, so absolutely. And then Desperado, which is uh, the sequel to, um, shoot, what was the name of that movie? El Mariachi. Yes, thank you, with uh, Antonio Banderas. I would, I would give her that. I would give that one too, because, and it might just because it's like American like production, like mm-hmm. it had a lot more production in than the original Robert right. Rodriguez uh, El Mariachi, but, and yet, and El Mariachi is all subtitled, so a lot of people would probably prefer that, you know, <laughs> I was subtitled one, but. I was so excited for Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I thought this was going to be great. This cast looks great. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was just not yeah, good. Yeah, it wasn't. But Desperado's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I miss a good Antonio Banderas movie. And then, of course, this uh, this one had to be mentioned. I was shocked it took all day to get mentioned, but The Dark Knight by Danny2099. I was ooh, ooh. surprised it took that long. I thought that was going to be the first response I got to that tweet. <laughs> was going to be the that Dark is, That is a good one. It was too obvious for me. And plus, I just watched Terminator and Terminator 2, so I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to post this on. It was a good question. I like this question. I, I'm digging the trailer for that new Terminator movie. And that's where I was leading. I wanted to talk about that next. Uh, that um, looks awesome. Yes, every trailer I've seen looks fantastic for that movie. Uh, I think there's only been one, so I've seen it multiple times is probably what I'm leading, what I'm going for. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks so good. I'm I'm real stoked for that movie. And, I, you know, the last three... Terminators have not been good. We all know it. Uh, whether the cast, no matter what the cast was, it was just not good. Um, which is a bummer. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, the idea in the trailer of like kind of the evolution, you know, like it, it's all, it almost like my perception of it is like it's almost like people are becoming more machines and the machines are becoming more people. That's what it seems like, because the, uh, what's her name's character, um, Mackenzie Davis's character, she thinks she's human, so. Yeah, it goes back to, like, Schwarzenegger and T2, where he learned, like, humanity, you know, so it would make sense 30 years in the future that there has been that evolution and I don't know. I, I, am excited. I hope the storyline does it justice, but the casting's great. The whole idea of it's great. So we'll yeah, see. Linda Hamilton's back. So Hallelujah. yeah, she is. She like, it doesn't feel like a Terminator movie without her. What's amazing though, is what it's been. I've only seen Terminator once. And then I, I watched it after my dad made me watch it after I watched T2. Cause I watched T2 first and he was mad at me. Um, but T2 used to be my jam. I used to watch that on VHS all day long, every day, because it was just so ahead of its time back then. Like, they created so many special like Star Wars back in the day, like The Matrix. They created so many good special effects for that movie. Well, and it was in the MTV days, so, like, you'd always yeah. get the Guns N' Roses Guns N Roses to show you <laughs> clips of the movie, so you're, you were just inundated with it. And I always thought John Connor was a teenager in that movie. Do you know how old he's supposed to be? Isn't he supposed to be like 12 or 13? 10. He's yeah, that's to, not right. Yeah, because he was born in 84 when you look at the cops, uh, when uh, 
when the T-1000's looking him up on the cop computer. And it's 1995. He's 10 years old, they say in the description. That's, that's <laughs> insane. <laughs> he looks like he's 13, 14. He's driving around a dirt bike all around Los Angeles. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had an action. <laughs> One of my most prized possessions uh, when that movie came out was I had a John Connor with a motorcycle dirt bike thing, and I had that toy. I had, I took that toy with me like everywhere. That thing That's right. was so cool, and I looked it up on eBay. I could buy it again for eight, like sixty five dollars in the package if I wanted it to. That's not a bad deal though. Um. So yeah. Oh, I wanted to do this real quick. I've neglected to respond to this since June twenty sixth. We got an email. From a listener named Daniel Krebs. And the subject is Batman comic book suggestions. Here's the text of the message. I want to get into comic books. This, this person doesn't read that often. He's a, just a movie watcher, TV watcher. I have access to the DC Universe app. Thanks to my roommate. That's me. Uh, what would you recommend be my first three or so Batman series to start off with? Uh, he noticed Batman Nightfall's not on the app, but there's hundreds of others. So... Without knowing what's on there, I haven't really looked at the comic books. I don't know if you have an answer or not to this, but I'll, I'll go first if you want to think about it. I know you don't read too many superhero books. Um, I What is I read, like I've read Killing Joke, which that, I guess a, would... That's a great one, yes. The Killing Joke. Count in, and that's an amazing book. It is, it's rough, though. You can't go in with, like... You can't be a snowflake. <laughs> no, there's, there's rape and nudity and implied rape i should say uh uh gordon goes through quite a bit commissioner gordon um and it's, it's great character development though like right. the character the way that it they're written in that it's it's very r-rated mm-hmm. but very for a superhero like storyline it it felt true it felt real and definitely so. read that before you watch the animated killing joke because it's very different and they kind of messed it up so the, the Killing Joke portion of the animated movie was fine. They did a little thing before that with Batgirl, uh, like a half-hour segment before that with a Batgirl story. That didn't work for me. Uh, she basically has sex with Batman on a rooftop, and I'm not cool with that. No. Um, that's, no, just no. Um, so yes, The Killing Joke is one. If it's on there, Hush is a must-read for any fan of comic books, not just Batman fans. Uh, it's, a, I think, a 12-issue and they're just making an animated movie about it now, so definitely read it before that comes out. And if you don't have it on the app, uh, come downstairs, knock on my door. I have it in my room. Um, this is my roommate, if I didn't mention that. <laughs> That's asking this question. Um, but Hush is a must-read. It has so many villains. Uh, Superman gets a cameo for a little while. Uh, I think it has pretty much almost every major Batman rogues gallery villain. Catwoman plays a major role. Um... Superman, like I said, Poison Ivy, Joker's in it a little bit, but the main villain is a new character they created called Hush, and Jim Lee does the art for this book. Jim Lee's one of my favorite artists of all time, and it's just a great book. Jenny, if you haven't read it yet, please do. Um, I will buy it for you if you haven't read it yet. It's it's a must-own graphic novel um, to have. Uh, So Hush is another one. You said Killing Joke, so we got Killing Joke and Hush, and... Nightfall is a good one. You said it's not on there. That is a good one. It's not one of my favorites. I had the novel of that, like the actual novelization version of that when I was in high school or middle school. And so it was like the comic book, but written out long form. <laughs> it's so weird that they made it like a novel. Uh, but I had it. I had it sitting on my on my uh, headboard in my bookshelf uh, forever. Um, let's see. Uh, Death in the Family is more of like, eh, that, that's okay. That's what Death of One of the Robins. Boy. 
I'm having a hard time coming up with a third good one that I, I'd really want to recommend. You kind of knocked it out of the park with the killing joke. Um, let me do a quick search. <coughs> Is there any, let's say, because you've read, like, I don't read a lot of like you said, but is there one, like, if you're a fan of the movies, not so much the cartoons, oh, sure. you would le- lean towards? Sure. So, Batman Year One, uh, Batman Begins, takes a lot from that. Uh, that's written by Frank Miller, so that's a good one to go with. They also made a cartoon about that, uh, if you want to check that out after you read the book. Uh, also, Batman The Dark Knight Returns is another Frank Miller book, but it's set kind of like, it's kind of like Dark Knight Rises. Um where it's a couple years, or it's a few years, he's old, old Batman. And Superman now works for the government. And Green Arrow only has one arm. All these things, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's a weird future world of, the, of Gotham. And you get to see how all these characters kind of turn out eventually. And you learn that Batman, while he is retired, is still a crazy old man. Um, so, yes, any of those two, I would say, uh, Daniel... Um, Batman Year One and Batman: The Dark Knight Returns should be on the DC app. If I'm, if it's not, uh, that's a shame. But uh, also, um, I have to fit, remember the name of it. I own it. I should just turn around and look for it. Uh, uh, one second. The Long Halloween. So Batman: The Long Halloween is another great book. That's another one that kind of was released over a year, one every month, and you deal with Calendar Man. Um, I believe is the main villain of that, or he's part of. A lot of villains are in this one, but uh, that's another good one. That uh, the 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 bleh, I can't think. Christopher Nolan trilogy took some from that as well. The Long Halloween. So there's plenty of suggestions. Let me know what you think. Let us know at Atomic Kingdom or info at atomicgeekdom.com. Let us know what you thought, or hit us up with other suggestions that you have for Batman books or any books at all. We we do that a lot. I can totally like bombard you with books. <laughs> He was looking for the DC app, uh, so none of your indie books are going to help him. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so already... Real fast. Did you finish uh, the new Blake Crouch book? Uh, not yet. No, I'm halfway. About halfway. Uh, you got to hurry. I'm dying to talk to someone about it. <laughs> Recursion is awesome. Yeah, the beginning, it very much feels like a Michael Crichton book, like his previous book did, too, so... Yeah, it's very in. If you like dark matter, then you, you'll love recursion. It's not the same story, but it's got. I feel it has the same pace. Yeah. And it definitely has. It has a complete new type of character, but their development is similar to um, dark matter, which I thought nailed it. So yeah. Touche. Um... To re- reiterate on our Stranger Things conversation from last week, here's an Easter egg you may or may not already know. Uh, everybody's lovable Cupid, Murray Bauman's phone number that's listed in the show is a real phone number. Have you called it yet? <laughs> not yet, but... I, I called it. It's great. Anybody that wants to can dial. Get your pens ready. Or just pick up your, po- your phone. You're probably listening to us through it. 618-625-8313. And listen to the message. If you don't want to do that, Here's what it says. Hi, you have reached the residence of Murray Bauman. Mom, if this is you, please hang up and call me between the hours of 5 and 6 p.m. As previously discussed, okay? If this is Joyce. Joyce, thank you for calling. I have been trying to reach you. I have an update. It's about, well, it's probably best if we speak in person. It's not good or bad, but it's something. 
There you go. <laughs> so leave Murray a message if you want. What's uh, great about it, though, is it's totally Murray. It's like he's kind of yelling in the phone, and he's just like, ugh. But if it's not you, like, Ma, like it's it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. I love when that stuff happens. Leave a message. I hope that they... they release some of the voice messages that are left or or he'll like in season four say i got all these stupid messages <laughs> but filtering through voicemails for the answer machine messages for like three weeks um john favreau who is show running the mandalorian the star wars series uh, that'll launch on disney plus later in november is already writing season two so they must really enjoy what they saw from season one which is a good uh-huh. thing uh, Power Rangers, starring, as the previously mentioned, St- Stranger Things, um, Hottie, I guess, Dacre Montgomery, um, everybody's favorite bad boy, I guess, and Mom Stealer, uh, <laughs> Emmer Effer, I guess you could call him, or attempted Emmer Effer. Um, so it's being rebooted yet again. It's being re-rebooted, according to him. Um, they'll start over again from scratch, which I'm bummed with. I loved this cast. I thought it was a good cast. The first movie did not have enough of them being Power Rangers for me, but it was a decent point to start from. Um, and they were teased the Green Ranger and all these. I was, I was really looking forward to more, but they'll start over and maybe we'll get something a little bit better. I don't know. I, like I said, I like the cast. I like that the Blue Ranger was, um, was autistic and that these kids were, Kind of all from different households and different, different. you know, they weren't just suburban white kids. Or, well, they weren't in the original Power Rangers anyway. What you get what I'm saying? They were they were yeah. all different. Yeah. Uh, Universal and Bloomhouse is cast their new Invisible Man. Uh, he's a star of The Haunting of Hill House. Oliver Jackson Cohen will play the Invisible Man. So, Which one is, he? is he the drug addict brother? I never finished the first episode of that show yet, so... Oh, Dave, that, I love that show. Um, let me see if it says it in this article here. Man in the Orange Shirt, The Healer, and The Raven. There's other stuff he's been in. I don't know if that helps you at all. No. So, yeah. So this was... They were going to do all these dark universe things with Johnny Depp originally being the original character, but the mummies scrapped all those ideas because it was so bad so they're gonna go individual films routes this time and they're gonna set this one to release next march uh oliver jackson cohen let me look him up for you and let everybody know real quick who he is from the house the haunting of hill house there's that that name is deceiving because there's the 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 other movie from like the late 90s with uh let's see he played adult luke crane help you i think luke crane was the drug addict brother luke crane older twin of neil two yep, youngest yep. members struggles with addiction yep yeah he was great so that could be cool there you go um let's see is there anything else worth discussing uh news wise uh there's a new ghostbusters picture out from the new ghostbusters the new new ghostbusters i guess you could call it <laughs> uh they released a picture of some of the people that are shooting it right now. Nothing really spoiler uh, worthy, but just a picture that they're they're making it. Oh, Millie Bobby Brown and Kumail Nanjiani are addressing being a cast for Marvel's The Eternals. <laughs> so both of them are saying, I don't know what anybody's talking about. 
what does what does Kumail say? Because Kumail's really funny. Uh, I can't comment on that. It'd be so great to be part of a superhero film. I would love it so much. So that's all he says. I still want to go see. I haven't seen it. I wanted to see it this past week, but Stuber looks fantastic with him and Dave Bautista. Right. That looks like a lot of fun. And I'll probably go see. Was it Crawl, the crocodile movie? I haven't seen any trailers on that, but I keep hearing people talk about it. Yeah. My my plan is after after Comic Con, I still need to get out and see Midsummer. Went camping this weekend, and a couple of the girls I was camping with, that's all they could talk about. They're like, "Dude, it's messed up." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those movies that right now has been overhyped, so I'm afraid to go see it. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I've heard really good reviews about it, though. Like, you can't go in with... What I was basically warned was you can't go in thinking you're seeing a horror movie. Sure. Because it's just psychological. It's and creepy like Hereditary, is what I've been told. Yes, but I, I, I guess it doesn't have those shock factors. It's just how people react. Like, it's... it's Maybe it's more suspenseful. Yeah, it's more the characters. Like, what the characters do is so disturbing and so frustrating okay. that you're just like, what the fuck? You know, you're <laughs> like, you freak out a little bit about it. But I don't know. I, the the director's awesome. And, I mean, Hereditary, it, it's not on my top list of horror movies, but I, you got to give credit where credit's due. And I think Hereditary, for me, was kind of like it got overhyped by the time I saw it. But I still watched it, and although I wasn't, like, blown away with it, it's a damn good movie, and it definitely pushes the buttons it's supposed to push. I mean, the car scene alone in there, it's just, oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, on a side note, have you watched Catch-22 yet on Hulu? Uh, no. I don't think I even it, know Oh, being, right, right, right. Yeah, I know what it is, yes, but no, I haven't. The George Clooney, it's based off the book. Right. I'm five episodes in of the six episodes, I think, that are out. <clears throat> it is, it's kind of got that, like, Memphis Bell type, you know, it's a war movie about fighter pilots in World War II. It is geniusly done. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I, as I do, but... There is one episode with one scene that reminded me a lot of Hereditary where I went to bed that night just feeling wrong. Like it, it's one of those shows where there's a lot of comedy and they do a lot of like the spins on Catch-22. Like, I'm crazy. No, you're not crazy because if you're crazy, you wouldn't know you're crazy. But I'm crazy, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but in the same scene of laughing you'll want to cry or it's just, it's, it's a brutal war story, but watch it. So when you see the one episode I'm referring to, I can talk to somebody about it because I spent a good four minutes with my hands over my mouth going, Oh my God. Like it's, it's an intense scene. It's like, Whoa. So. All right. Very, very on that car scene, line the car scene thing sure. in Hereditary. Uh, on that note, I think we'll wrap up unless you have anything else to add. Uh, no, come find us at Comic Con. There you go. 
Uh, I am going to do something I did last week and do it again now because it makes me smile and it makes me happy. And I have a feeling it's going to do the same thing for Jenny. So before we say goodbye, you're all going to enjoy a little song. It's going to start playing in a second. I did this last time too and it didn't start playing right away. Uh, my stupid external hard drive has to reboot. Um, stupid iTunes. Uh, come on now. Hurry up. Let's go. External hard drive. Wow. You're slower than ever. On your mark. It's not even Get downloaded. Set. Go. Here it is. I want to hear it. Not right now. Yes, now, Dusty Bun. Oh, shit. <laughs> Turn around. Look at what you see. In her face. <laughs> the mirror of your dreams. So good. Did you hang up? No. I was just taking a sip, sip of water. Oh, otherwise, I'll probably sing this. Alright. Uh, <laughs> that makes me smile so much. I love that moment of this show. Dustin's oh my gosh. Dustin's the best. Dustin and Steve, they're my favorites. Oh, God. The, the Scoop Troop is amazing in this season. I'm not trying to give anything away because we're not doing spoilers, but the Scoop Troop is amazing. Dude, I'm telling you, though, but uh, Shmirnoff was... <laughs> Alexi! Yeah, he, uh, he stole my heart. Oh, man. Um, okay, I really want to ask you a question, but I don't want to get into spoilers. Um, well, I'll ask you off air, and we'll give people time to watch this. It's only been a week. Um... But yes, this song was fantastic. Came out of nowhere, and the fact that this person was real even made it even better. I believed him all season long. I don't know about you. <laughs> I I believed him, but then I was waiting to see what she looked like. She's adorable. She's super adorable. Friggin' adorable. Yes. <laughs> I hope I hope they bring her back. They have to, right? Oh, she's got to be part of the crew. Oh, it just keeps growing. And Robin, best addition ever. She's fantastic. Oh, I love her too. Like, I love just her the dynamic with her and Steve. You know, and I love that it's not like a romantic dynamic. When you he know? tries, though, it's so great. Like, he doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it, and then he gets it. And he's like, he just moves on perfectly. That's the growth of Steve right there. Yeah. Well, and that's he's one of my favorite characters on the show for that simple reason that. You know, when you're introduced with him in season one, he's the jock asshole, but he keeps redeeming himself and he's learning every step of the way. And then once they paired him up with Dustin, it's it's just, it's perfect. But he's so, he's an idiot that's getting a little more smart each time. <laughs> I love how Dustin had to turn into dad Dustin to him to tell him it's not all about being cool. It's about finding somebody you like. Right, right. Oh, so good. Stranger Things still my favorite show. But coming up close, I've started binging Barry. And uh, oh my gosh, have you gotten to season two yet? Yeah, I'm like midway through season two. I'm at you the point. The one with the little girl. I uh, just got pa like <laughs> I just got past that episode, and then uh, where he where the cop finds him. So before we hang up, Barry is genius for the same thing that I was just sort of talking about where. With like Catch Twenty Two, where it is funny, but it is dark. There are scenes that you're just like, you feel you feel 
sad or you feel kind of gross because it's so like the scene with the the, the rabid girl <laughs> i don't know any other way to like explain it yeah it's it's sad and right, like you, you can feel... see it on his face as well like he knows what needs to be done but it's just sad but it is in the mix of the most ridiculously funny like setup the best fight scene ever <laughs> oh my gosh uh... which one Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, that guy was just going along with it a little too much. And, like, and then he sees all the things, like, oh, you got these medals, too. Good for you, man. <laughs> it's just... Oh, dude, the grocery store. <laughs> Anyways, watch Barry. It's great. That's Bill Hader. You can't go wrong with Bill Hader. No, you can't. Ah, good times. All right, we out? All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do a little spiel here. Sorry, I was reading a text. Uh, yes, Barry, Bill Hader, It Chapter 2. Also can't wait for that. Uh, we're so close. Um, all right, so that's our show this week. We will be back next week to wrap up all things Comic-Con. Uh, we were supposed to have an interview with some writers of a new set of Dungeons & Dragons books set for YA. Uh, young adults get them interested in the books. We will have them rescheduled for after Comic-Con. They emailed this morning some family emergencies. No big deal. We will have them on and to talk about these new books that are out. Definitely worth picking up for your kids if you want to get them into D&D, and why wouldn't you? Um, you can have all the adventures of the Stranger Things kids have, but without leaving the basement. You know, you don't want them fighting Demogorgons in real life. Uh, so we'll have them on soon. We're also going to do our big true crime episode, whether it's with Johnny and Jenny or just me and Jenny. Um, remains to be seen. Johnny's schedule is a little hard to work around right now, but we'll make it happen. I've got several cases lined up, so we might do one episode with one case or several cases. It depends on how much research I can get done and how much information I can find on these cases. But they're all geek... Re- oh, excuse me. Too much beer. They're all geek-related or technology-related. You know, our our world. So, stuff about, like, uh, stalkers found on World of Warcraft. Um, uh, swatting. I don't know if you know what that is, Jenny, but you'll learn. Um, I do not know. Don't look it up yet. Let me let me teach you. It's disturbing. It's the the things kids do these days for fun is disturbing. Um, and not all kids. Trust me. I'm not I'm not outing a whole generation like people do with snowflakes and millennials. We're not doing that here. Um, but it's <laughs> new technology means new ways to murder, and that's what we're gonna talk about in that episode, basically. Um, and we'll try to make that an annual thing. We'll do a true, a full true crime episode. Not where we're just talking about serial killers, where we'll deep, deep dive into a case you might not have heard of. And for the true crime fans, I know there's lots of you out there. I'm one of them and those podcasts are everywhere. So somebody's listening. I know Jenny listens. Um, and I have plenty of friends that do as well. So yes, uh, that's coming up all down the pipeline. Plus many, many other things, interviews and other stuff. We're probably going to have Blake Crouch on this show as soon as I can get my butt to finish his book. Um, and we'll talk to him about that book and the possibility, I think, of Dark Matter being a Netflix movie. I could be wrong. I thought I read that somewhere. Ooh. I could be very wrong on that. <laughs> Maybe it's a miniseries. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I should just Wikipedia right now, but we're closing up. Uh, at Atomic Geekdom, for all things social media, especially this week, especially Instagram, uh, we're going to be all over San Diego Comic Con. Both Jenny and I will have phones, and we can take pictures, so you'll see content from both of us, even if we're not together. Hanging out, you'll see stuff all over the place, I'm sure. So, at Atomic Geekdom on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and YouTube. That's enough. Um, I said Atomic Geekdom, right? Not Ringside Geeks. I've done that a lot before. Okay, at Atomic Geekdom. Oh. All, all that <laughs> you have some Ringside Geek stuff as well. Up. Sure, I'm sure of it. Uh, but if you want to hit up Jenny on her very own Twitter or Instagram or Twitter, whatever you want to give out. 
Robbie Art. It's on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm back on Twitter finally. There you go. I'm, but I'm only focusing on the Comic-Con stuff because <laughs> it's still a, right. a scary world on Twitter these days. Absolutely. And for those of you going to Comic-Con, like I said, have fun. Good luck with all of your exclusive searching if you're doing collectibles. Good luck with your panels. Good luck with your celebrity autographs, uh, selfies. And meet new people. Yes. Make new friends. Be good to each other out there. No bullying. None of that garbage. Leave that at home. Um, don't fight with the with the these super religious people that are boycotting it. Um, I ran into those people last year. Um, don't fight with them. Just those walk. Are a staple. They're always there, and the best is when Deadpool has to argue with them because Deadpool will be out there for hours, just countering everything they say. But they're one. Just walk by them because they're they're there because they know they're the show of Comic Con. So right, they just want it attention without the yellow signs. Right. They just We're want... all going to hell, Dave. We're all going to hell. <laughs> they want attention. They're not true uh, believers in their faith. Uh, anybody that takes it to that extreme is not. I'm sorry. You're just not. Exactly. Uh, all faiths are about love and forgiveness. So just keep that in mind. Believe what you want to believe. That's fine. But your, your faith should never lead you to attack another person, ever. What would Jesus do? A very good wristband. Go get it. it. Especially now. You need it now. You need it now. He would not make ice need camps. It. People need to be reminded of it. I'm not a religious person, but if we all, what I know. If we all acted more like him on a daily basis. Right. If we all acted like Jesus, and he was a real person. Nobody can dispute that. Uh, if we all acted like him, or at least the way he's portrayed in the Bible, the world would be a better place for at least a little bit. At least a little bit. Exactly. All right. That's enough religion and politics. We're not... <laughs> We're not that kind of. <laughs> we are definitely not that kind of podcast, and I apologize if I just offended Which anybody. What do is like, like, if you know me, it's like so not what I'm into. But you gotta call a good good dude a good dude when he's a good dude. So sure, he had some good good ideas for sure. <laughs> so a uh, water to wine thing. Oh yeah, who wouldn't like that? Come on, I mean, <laughs> who can't get free bread? Let's go. <laughs> All right. Exactly. All right. That's enough. That's enough Sunday school. All right, we'll be back next week, I hope. Uh, and we won't talk about any of that stuff. We'll talk all about what's what's released and debuted at Comic-Con, our experiences, all of that good stuff. Uh, again, be safe to each other. Don't stalk the cosplayers. Cosplay is not consent. Remember that. Uh, be good to each other. Have fun. Say last word, Jenny. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>